overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on his people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hello, welcome back to Embarrassment of Riches. Hey, Laura. Hi. Laura, I'm super excited, and I bet you are too, because today, am. my new neighbor, woohoo, Christy Kirby, is in, uh, uh, is here joining us. Luckily, uh, we have gotten to see Christy a little bit, because she lives around the corner from me now. Even during quarantine, I've got to see her a little bit. So um, she's one of our favorite guests from season one, and um, she's going to come today and join us. So. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here and see y'all. It is very okay. nice to be together. Welcome. Thank you. And to breathe your COVID air. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, today... Let's talk about our fun topic. Yeah. To, today. yeah today we have a really fun topic. We're talking about guilt and shame. Woohoo! Again. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think we kind of touched a little bit on this last week when we were talking about like kind of feeling emotions in real time, but we, we felt like it was important to talk about, um, kind of the, the, the hold that guilt and shame can have on people. And, and can I just make a very general blanket statement about guilt and shame that may or may not be true? Sure. I think in general, based on no research at all, women struggle more with guilt and shame and like feelings of inadequacy and self-blame. And oh, stuff I'll, like that. I'll, 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 I'll take that and I, and I'll go one further. Are you going to Jessica Denny statistic it? I'm going to say oh, 80%, <laughs> 80% of women <laughs> struggle with guilt and yeah. shame. Have we talked about that on the podcast that you like to throw percentages based on nothing? I don't know. Okay. Sometimes y'all, I will, I, I, I do this with patients too, although I always I always tell people I am making up the statistic. Yes. Yeah. Because you never the, try to pass it off. I like never it's try to pass based. it off as as like this is the truth. It just was what feels like true to me. <laughs> as any good statistic. <laughs> any, does. Yeah, right. Any that right. But I like to like make numbers. I, I do I definitely like to give percentages based on my opinion and no data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at least seventy percent of my clients struggling with blank have trauma in their background. Yeah. yeah. Although, I mean, that isn't, that, that isn't coming from nowhere when I, right. when, when I do that, but it also isn't coming from me even writing down, like taking a tally. <laughs> yeah. So it's not even like, <laughs> there's no I, like clicker, right? It's not even like anecdotal evidence of like 80% of my clients do that. It's not even that. Just it's just like, right. just kind of, that's what I feel in my gut. So anyway, according to Laura, yeah, Many women struggle with more guilt and shame. Women more, than men. more women than men, and according to me, eighty percent of women do. So hopefully, this is landing with somebody. Yes. But before we started, I asked you, Christy, if guilt and shame is something that you really struggle with, and your answer amazed me. 
No, it's not my struggle at all. <laughs> just, if anything, um, throughout things that I've had to work through, I try to like actually make myself think about it and feel it and think how the other person would feel or how my actions, you know, are going to, mm-hmm. how they're going to feel to somebody else or. So you work, you work for feeling appropriately convicted. Yes. Not that you try to like incorporate more. No martyr. Shame no, no, no. <laughs> you don't have, you don't have a no, martyr. Syndrome. I don't have a martyr syndrome at all. I, on the other hand, my mom said that when I, and I, I may have shared this. I, I don't know. I, I just talk a lot, so I don't know where I've shared it. But when I was little, my mom said that like in class or at home, something would happen. Someone, something would happen that was negative. Somebody would get in trouble and they would be asking like, who did this thing? And I would say it was me. And my mom would be like, no, you, what? No, you weren't even there. Like this could not have possibly been you just because I naturally felt guilty and shameful all the time. So I got your portion that you did not yes. get. Yes. I, I, and I, I, I was telling Christy early, uh, earlier that we were making fun of Laura this week because she is has been like feeling guilty about not wanting to play with her children. She didn't even say not playing with her children, <laughs> just not wanting My to. Heart was not in that Lego, the Lego I know. play. And I was laughing so hard because I was like, not wanting to. Does anyone want to play with their children? I'm like, I sure as heck don't want to pretend like I'm Jafar. I mean, that is the last thing I want to do. And when I have been Jafar, I have hated life. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, it, it, it's you actually, can, you, you look for things to look guilty or feel well, guilty about. I joke about it, but it actually has been a problem for me. And, you know, we talk a lot about the Enneagram guilt yeah, and yeah, guilt and shame. And, um, my natural personality has always leaned into that emotion. Um, and I, it's been disguised as conviction, which is a lie. And actually I think more whatever prompted the guilt and shame, the guilt and shame creates a bigger problem. So whatever maybe misstep I made, whatever mistake I made, whatever even sin I may have committed, the the fallout of guilt and shame from that creates even more problems for me. Oh, yeah, I can see that. And I, I, I was sharing with Christy and Laura that for me, I, you know, Christy and I are both sevens. Woo-woo! Woo-woo! Okay, so I can often, I can definitely... Only sevens would do that. Note, <laughs> note to our non-visual listeners. Um, we raised the there roof. Were, there was raising of the roof for the number seven. There wasn't just verbal woo-hoos. There no. was also raising the roof. Yeah. Um, I love to raise the roof. <laughs> and I also like to double fist pump the sky. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that cool one. in 96. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and double fist pump to the sky. <laughs> and raising the roof. Yeah. But um, I was, I was, so I think for me, I understand where Christy's coming from. Because I don't think, even though I've I told y'all stories of guilt and shame, I don't think that it's the pervasive mood that I feel. Like, for example, I do not feel guilty about not being mm-hmm. Jafar. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't. I don't think I walk around constantly feeling guilty. For me, there's a particular trigger of like what now. So when I feel guilt and shame, I feel you do it. it right. I do it right. I'm do I do it big when I <laughs> when I do feel it. So for me, there's like kind of this trigger where if I feel like I have hurt someone, if I feel like I have disappointed someone, if I feel like I have misbehaved. 
Um, so I don't feel guilty that you're mad at me, but I don't think I did anything wrong. Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel guilty about like morally neutral activities that like other people have expectations and feelings of me. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't walk around feeling guilty about other people's expectations. I don't, I'm not going to be guilted into being PTA president. Yes. Whereas you might. I could very well. Right. But for me, it's more about if I think that I have actually done something wrong if I think that I misbehaved, if I have disappointed somebody in, not, in, in a way that I did not live up to my own moral standards mm-hmm. or like what I expect of myself, uh, then it is game on, so awful. And I don't think that's, I, I think that that is kind of a separate issue for me for my personality and more about kind of growing up in a place where I, I feel like my family kind of had this way of dealing with their anger or frustration with us where it wasn't, we, it wasn't adequate to let a consequence like be the teacher. Well, and they, yeah, they didn't trust your own process. Right. And so it was, it was like, they had to see you feel sufficiently bad enough mm-hmm. to move on. Mm-hmm. So, so that how it, so however long that took for for you to visibly look like you felt as bad as they wanted you to feel, mm-hmm. that was kind of what what happened. And so I th- feel like in adulthood, part of me getting to an emotionally healthy space was to realize that was what I was doing. That I wasn't offering myself forgiveness. I wasn't offering myself grace. I was, I, I felt like I had to pay a penance. Like Mm -hmm. I had to feel sufficiently bad and it might be three days of not sleeping and hating myself, like Mm -hmm. and feeling guilty before I could move on from something. Well, and it just, it's, it's in that way, it disguises itself like it is you being convicted. It disguises itself in saying, Hey, if you want real lasting change, then you have to feel this level of bad for this amount of time until you cannot take it anymore and you are feeling like you're about to collapse under the weight of your own guilt. Then, then maybe it'll, maybe it'll land as a truth and you'll be able to create some change. And that's what I'm always, not well, probably, yeah, probably always, with my clients, there is so much struggle with guilt and shame and negative talk. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think that's innate? Well, I think it's both what we just said. Like me, for me, it's my natural personality. For you, it it's more of your life experiences that you've had with people in authority. So I think it can be both. It, it can be experiences, it can be natural personality, and then it can be those two together. Mm-hmm. Because I was not raised in a home that... That was how they disciplined. I was not raised in a home that that tried to get me to feel worse. So it was just me. It's super you just, fun. You just made that way. That's right. And you know, I think there's a there's you know the negative side of of that is sometimes I can feel like a little bit of a martyr to my guilt. Like I feel so much worse than other people. Like they just don't get it. And and yeah, so I have to fight that too. But what I was going to say about clients is. Guilt and shame, I call it the guilt and shame cycle of, and you were kind of talking about this before that you've talked with the class, talked about with the class you're teaching. Um, 
it starts with, you know, whatever thing triggers the guilt and shame. And then you, you don't want to feel that way anymore. You want to get out from under that. You want to be free from that terrible feeling. And the fastest way to do that, because I think for like working with guilt and shame takes some real work. I know like I've done some freedom prayer about it. Um, I've definitely prayed on my own about it. I've talked to friends about it. So it takes a lot of hard work, but the fastest way for in some people's minds is to to engage in a distracting coping me- mechanism. A lot of times for the people I work with, it's an eating disorder, it's um, drugs or alcohol or pornography, something that is distracting you quickly from feeling ashamed, guilty, whatever, overwhelmed. Christy, do you feel like you've never, like, like you've never really struggled with that? Do you feel like there have been seasons where you did or? I don't think I've ever really struggled. Like, um, especially during the time when I was like using drugs, like I definitely did some like big things that were bad and just, um, like after recovering and working through that, trying to like go there emotionally, like I did this thing and this affected my family this way and this way. Um, I don't know. I just don't like, I, I just remember you telling the story, Laura, um, we were in the shower and you were like saying, you said something like, Ugh, or something, I think it was our last podcast or one of the podcasts. And you were saying like, you're in the shower and you just like said something like negative in your head about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just don't do that. Like mm-hmm. I, I just, Christy is a much better listener than I am because I don't was, I was present for that conversation. I don't even remember that. Do you remember story. that story? Or maybe it was like a side, maybe it was somewhere other time, but I just remember thinking like, I just think you're just like this beautiful, like tall, skinny girl. And if she, like, she should be like, Woohoo, I'm in the shower having a good time. No, like, it is not a good time in there. <laughs> and I definitely want a smaller mirror in my bathroom, but yeah. Yeah, but, that, but that was, oh, but was, that was more some, like body image type body image, image. but okay. I, and, and you know that wasn't like a crazy body image story because I think that's very common for mm-hmm. a lot of women to think that and so I just remember thinking like that just that made me sad for you but just was like you know I have my struggles and yeah. that would be your struggle well okay so tell me from somebody who does not struggle with that and just like anybody else you've made mistakes and and yeah. had sin in, in your life when you looked back at those experiences and you were able to say like, man, that really affected my family. And, um, but it sounds like you had some grace for yourself to be like, I can change, I can grow. Is that, so yeah. what is that process like for you in a healthy way that's not well, driven Well, I had to like shame? filter through some things because like my husband would love for me to be shamed about things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he would love it. And that was like when our first year, you know, some of those early years of fun marriage, like, you know, I had to like really. First years of marriage are so healthy. <laughs> so so fun. But he, that would be what he would want to see. Maybe something that you were talking about that the like, message you got from your family as a kid. Yes. That this is what they want to see. Yes. And so I had to like. I don't know. I just, I guess God was really, was really generous with like giving me insight. You know, I don't, I think maybe I'm kind of an insightful person to like mm-hmm. myself and what's going on socially. And so I would just be like, well, I don't think that is really healthy in any way for me just to like beat myself up or, mm-hmm. or talk negatively, um, about myself. Um, you know, and, and then obviously praying for conviction, like, Lord, help me to see this, how you see it. Mm-hmm. That is one thing I really learned early on in conflicts mm-hmm. was, um, basically I'm wanting an apology from something or I'm wanting there to be some kind of resolution or apology immediately in a situation. And like my husband's not very quick to do that. And so when that happens now, I just pray like, Lord, can, I'm sorry for the things I did to you. Mm -hmm. And I just like handle my business with God. Mm -hmm. And then somehow God's always generous to come back around. And then 
things get fixed. But that that's the only way. That sounds. We kind of worked that far out. too rational and healthy. <laughs> yeah. Did did you um, did you do any step work in your recovery? Mm-hmm. The twelve mm-hmm. steps. Yeah. Do you think that that was helpful with? Or I mean, I I think it wasn't a big struggle for you to begin with. But yeah. do you think that that was a contributor to kind I mean, of I think how that... you view? I mean, I think that was good to see like patterns, how, like maybe these are some things that I'm, these are like, this is something that I tended to do, do a lot. And so now I try to watch out for those things. Um, let's see. Um, I was going to say something and I just forgot. Sorry. I've um, been thinking what, what you're saying too is just is, interrupt us. Yeah. Just okay. jump in whenever. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I just know like something in my core, how God made me, this is just my personality. Like, me beating myself up is not going to, like, it's like I don't struggle with body image. I mean, I'm kind of overweight, you know, like, I've had a kid, I've, like, the pooch, and, like, I just don't, I don't, like, I don't know, I feel like maybe in this way I'm a little unique when I see, like, other women just pick themselves apart, and I just don't understand how that's good. I don't mm-hmm. understand why anybody I'd, would do that. Like I'd like to know if that's a seven thing, too. Really? Because I don't either. Uh, like, like, I think I'm great. I mean, not, like... I mean, Perfect, I but... like I like to do naked dances. <laughs> like, like I amuse yes. myself. Like, mm-hmm. like there's like I am naked at home all the time. Yes, like I right. would happily be a never nude. That is an Arrested <laughs> Development reference. Yes. The, the, the cut off shorts and yes. the, that you wear all the time. I would happily be that guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, because it's it's not and it's not like ever. It's not like sometimes I'm not like geez, I could use, you know, I, I, yeah. like I, I could lose some weight or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yes. But it just isn't something. I, so I do wonder if it's, if there is something seven-ish that's just. It doesn't affect my self-worth. That's yes. the thing. It's like, yes, it's, it, this is the thing, but that's separate from over here. Like, this is my worth. Yeah. Well, and even yeah. what I think what you were talking, what we were talking about earlier, like where I felt like there was like this message that I got, but it's a very specific message because I would say in general, I really like me. Yeah, you, you know, and and so uh, so it's like yes. so when those things happen, which is almost even more sad because I'm like I really like me, and so I don't like having mm-hmm. days where I like that's really hard. Yeah. Like, but I I think maybe that with sevens, it's like that we almost in general give too much grace to ourselves. Eighty percent, eighty percent, eighty percent of sevens, eighty percent of sevens give too Just much grace to themselves. Grace about and grace to others yeah. too. I'm like yeah. that's one thing my husband has complimented me in this last year, especially is how graceful I am to him. You know, mm-hmm. so and he's a one give and him, like give him some space to be imperfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like it's okay. Just it's just yeah, keep going. Yeah. Well, that must be nice for you. I know. <laughs> I'm happy for y'all. But we can be very selfish. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like that which is part of why i'm like is it am i just being selfish that i don't want to be jafar i do sometimes have to like mm-hmm. question that too like because I, I think you have the tendency to beat yourself up about not wanting to be jafar mm-hmm. and i have a tendency to put my own desires above other people's desires and so then I have to go, would a normal mom play Jafar? Mm-hmm. No, they wouldn't either. <laughs> so they this is not play. just me. This is not just me being selfish. Well, and I do, I think that yeah. being able to engage in a, like in growth and change and, and being able to say, God, how do you want me to see this situation? Give me your perspective. That is healthy. Mm-hmm. So if that is your natural personality, then for sure do not incorporate more guilt and shame. But 
if you're normal like the rest <laughs> of us and you do struggle with it, what you want to avoid is what I was talking about earlier is getting into that shame and guilt cycle of feeling guilt and shame, trying to distract yourself with some negative coping mechanism instead of doing the hard work of getting out of that cycle because all all that that negative coping mechanism stuff, you know, drugs, overdrinking, eating disorder, like I think you had some really good examples that were a little bit more general. Um, it creates more guilt and shame. So, so then you what, can't get out of the cycle. So um, what, that's what not to do. What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you do with people that kind of hang out in that yeah, space? That's like me. I, what, I, I easily can. So I, yeah, but, to... but yes, but you help other people get out of it. <laughs> yeah, I um, So I think it's a lot of, well, I love when I have Christian clients because mm-hmm. that's the number one, like the best way to get away from guilt and shame is to take it to God mm-hmm. and ask, say, like, ask for God's perspective. Like, how do you see me? How do you see this situation? Where do you want me to be convicted? Where do you want me to grow? Like, make your voice. This is what I pray regularly. Make your voice the only voice I'm hearing because there's sin in that guilt and shame. If that's where I'm, if that's where I'm resting. Well, and, and I think that God has a lot to say in his word about this. And so this is one of those places that when you are dealing like for, for you and I, like patients that have this, that are Christians, it is very easy to point them to the Mm -hmm. word. Um, and I, 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 I promised Laura that I had a special verse for her today it's from Micah, oh. from oh, the New Testament. New Testament. Micah, we're going awesome. New Testament. <laughs> if so, you aren't a long-term listener to the podcast, that is just making fun of me. <laughs> but anyway, I do know that Micah is not in the New Testament. Okay, My, now. It, but this okay, but it is sort of funny that I think this is one of those verses that I love about what God says about guilt and shame. That it is in Micah mm-hmm. is like oh my gosh. Okay, it's, it's Micah. It's Micah seven nineteen. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread on our inequities underfoot. Or he will tread our inequities underfoot. He will cast all our, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Mm. Um, that, that God is not in the business of, uh, of, of just crushing us yeah. with our sin. He'll crush our sin for us. Like, yeah. and, and, and then cast it out. Just like Jessica Denny, he's not keeping tallies. He's not keeping tallies. He's like 80% of my people live in freedom from this. He's like, and 100% of your sins can be... 100% of your sins (laughs) can be cast aside. Well, and that's, I mean, that's true. And, And I never want the, you know, quote, God answer to be a shortcut, but it's, it is, some might call it a living word, and it is still very relevant to this day and very true, and... So that's my first go-to with myself and with my clients. Mm-hmm. Now, more more practically speaking, and because I do see clients that aren't believers, um, I think it's a lot of the kind of similar work, you know, similar work. I'm pointing at Christy. Y'all don't know that. Um, similar work to what you were talking about, like engaging in that process of self-reflection and going, where do I need to land on this that is both compassionate to myself and the other people that I may have hurt or compassionate to myself and just generally something that's in my life that's not a good idea that needs some 
some change that needs some reflection that that needs to be eradicated out of my life like just to sit and and do some thinking and obviously I think that can happen with in counseling and with close friends and and to remind yourself I mean I have clients that say the meanest things to themselves and that is what they believe motivates them mm-hmm. and so being able to shine a light on that and go would you raise a child this way would that be an environment that a child would grow and thrive in like would you treat a friend that way I might have got, got clients that beat me to the punch on that one they're like I know I would never say that to a friend like can we not you know so <laughs> would you treat a friend that way would you say that to somebody else and and why not why wouldn't you it would make you a terrible friend and it, it would not create a good safe relationship so to create some safety with yourself to and to to see guilt and shame for what it is and that's what I tell myself like whenever I'm beating myself up I my phrase in my head is like this is smoke and mirrors and lies and God does not need those things oh, sure. to create change in me. It, that my, the other passage that I love about this is Romans 8.1. There's the, therefore no, no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, that, is not, that, is, that is not where believers need to hang out. And when we are being shackled with guilt and shame, that is the work of the enemy. That is not the work of the Lord. And that mm-hmm. is not, we, you know, I think we talked last week a little bit about um, what is what is the voice of the spirit sound like in conviction, um, and you know we we said God's voice is always the kindest one in the room. Mm-hmm. He's not, and again that doesn't mean he doesn't call out sin because he does, mm-hmm. but his voice doesn't sound like condemnation. His voice sounds like freedom. So when you're when you've gotten into like a conflict with. Cameron and like you've said something that maybe you're better than me and you don't do this like you've said something mean or said something you don't mean or you know made a misstep what's that process like for you um well it's really easy for me to apologize so I would take ownership of what I did and then you know apologize um maybe elaborate like where that might've came from. Maybe Mm -hmm. understanding, I don't know if, I guess I should ask him if that helps. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. does it help knowing where maybe that came from? And then, um, I guess like make amends for it. Just try to do better. Mm -hmm. Um, not do it again or also sounds very healthy. Yeah. And, and, um, and it, it, it it sounds like somebody who's been through recovery. I mean, like, like, because that's, productive like mm-hmm. like that's a productive way to deal with yeah it yields good sin mm-hmm. right um there's something happens there restoration can happen there mm-hmm. because you take ownership um you try you communicate, about, you communicate it. about it and you take steps to make it better if that's possible well, mm-hmm. i have a good example that's like a small it's not super personal but um so cameron like sometimes he will cook all the meat or something and then he sometimes he'll cook dinner and then I would normally just be like doing my own thing and then one night I came and I was like hey can I help you like because he, he doesn't like to make the patties because I guess the the meat's cold or something and so I was like hey I'll make those for you. and he was just like blown away he's like you've never offered to do that we've almost been married 10 years now and and it just occurred to me like why wouldn't I like be thoughtful and try to like basically he felt like I was using him because if he's going to willing to do something, I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna put my mm. feet up and enjoy myself. And it was like, it felt, it felt just disres- yourself, girl, <laughs> <laughs> raise the roof. He, he, would, he would just, 
he felt used for lots of years and, and had some resentment about that. And like another small victory was like, um, he would take out the trash, but then he had this expectation. I would just jump in there and put the new trash bag in, you know, like a two-step process. Marriage. <laughs> and so now I do that. And like, I am not, I mean, I would rather die than not put that new trash bag in. Cause I know that means so much to him. And he's not like words of affirmation. He's super, that's it's acts those of service. acts of service mean so much to him. Mm-hmm. And so, I've, and that's not and my natural. And you were natural. able to see that situation and, and, and jump in and make a change do something different, but not in a way that was driven by like, oh my gosh, I am the worst for the last nine years. I have just... Well, I had that thought for a minute. I was like, why wouldn't I? And it, and th- But once again, I look at, there's a pattern that maybe I don't always see things. And so then I pray, Lord, I didn't see this for nine years. Can you help me to see the next thing? Mm-hmm. So so you cut the guilt and shame off of the past by taking it to by God. By taking it to God. Yeah. Yeah. Which is my number one go-to thing. But you were saying some more general things like general behaviors that people can do to break from the guilt and shame and pr- healthy coping mechanisms, essentially. Oh, sure. You don't want me to go into the unhealthy ones. I mean, you can if you want to. They were very technical. They sounded no, super no, professional. No, this, yeah, no. But one of the, the things was like altruism, like doing something for someone mm-hmm. um, constructive that mm-hmm. that's helpful. Like those are, those are that like that's something that's positive that like when you hurt someone that they're like you can there are times where there is a step that you can take there's some act of kindness that you can do to kind of make amends which Um, suggests like we're I'm not saying there is no place for feeling bad about something that like that is okay and that is healthy and that can lead to some self-awareness so to be able to go, oh man, I feel a little bit bad about, you know, not putting that trash back in, trash bag back in when I've seen that the trash can is sitting empty for years until two days later when he puts a bag in or whatever, you know, being able to see and do something for someone else from from that instead of going, man, I'm a horrible wife. Oh yeah, and I I don't think the other ones necessarily apply here, but um. W- Like, uh, I, like I texted you last night, there's no bonus points for being Jafar. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, um, when people struggle with guilt and shame, um, that, uh, what they do, uh, especially if, if, uh, if like, especially if that's like something that's like kind of pervasive to their personality, they're, they, they are beating themselves up so much. I think that that in that martyrism thing goes hand in hand where you simultaneously, like, like in one situation you feel so bad and so guilty and so shameful. And then the, the other situation you, you feel like, you, you know, you uh, you feel kind of put upon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, why I think that's kind of interesting to kind of look at is that I think a lot of times um, when people feel guilty and feel shameful, they they feel really bad and they hang on to it. And I don't and I don't think this is the case with you, Laura. But I also think you're very healthy too. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank um, you for that. Uh, you're welcome. But I do think that what can happen there is that sometimes 
um, they carry that guilt and shame around with them and they get the punishment, but they never take accountability. Part of the reason they feel guilty and shameful is because it's too embarrassing for them to humble themselves, to make amends, Mm -hmm. to acknowledge out loud what happened, like what they did wrong. Mm -hmm. It's too threatening. It's too threatening. And so and so rather than do that I'll just feel real, 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 real terrible. They'll about feel it. real, 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 real terrible about it. it. They'll they'll pay their penance and move on, but that doesn't restore relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's so true. Like that's again shame is sm- smoke and mirrors. Um because it doesn't really result in anything. Sure. It doesn't result in any positive thing as far as meaningful change in someone's life. Sure. So what but you're it, saying is like this healthy dose of, okay, you know, that happened, mistake, change, you know. Yeah, and I don't think always that the peop- that people struggle with guilt and shame because they don't take personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of times that is a contributing factor. And so part of a healthy way to like deal with guilt and shame is to take personal responsibility to, to the degree that you can make something better you do. Mm-hmm. And then you give this, yourself the same grace that you would offer to another human being. That's right. I agree. And I think that the personal responsibility is owning what is yours, not over-owning. And obviously, like, not under-owning. But being able to distinguish between when it is your mistake to own versus someone else's like someone else's junk that you're making about you more yeah well i am so glad that you joined us today christy would you join us again it's fun like it's fun for us because like i said this season has been kind of hard Mm -hmm. that, that we just can't have regular guests because not everybody's comfortable and you know it's whatever but um, we'd love to have you back again and we'd come back anytime. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, thank you again for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. Mm-hmm.